And now, the top five most insane Russia-related things to have happened since Trump became an actual presidential candidate. Number one, Russia hacked the DNC in order to sabotage Hillary Clinton's campaign and also hired paid trolls to sway voters to support EZD. Number two, EZD praised Vladimir Putin, a literal dictator, during a presidential debate. Hillary Clinton pointed out how weird this was and nobody cared. Number three, a former actual professional British spy came forward with a dossier claiming that the Kremlin colluded with Trump's presidential campaign and had blackmail material prepared in case they wanted to blackmail him, including a salacious story about sex workers. Cough, cough, golden showers. Number four, Easy D appoints a cabinet chock full of people who, in some cases, were given literal orders of friendship medals from Putin, again, who is a literal dictator. What up, sex Tillerson? And Michael Flynn, who resigned last week in disgrace after intelligence officials told the media they had tapes proving Flynn and other Trump campaign officials communicated with Russian officials throughout the election, including one call where he told them, quote, not to worry about the sanctions they received for interfering in our election. And nobody cared about Vladimir Putin, the dictator. Number five, EZD's first official phone call with literal dictator Vladimir Putin was not recorded whereas all the others are recorded and transcribed by White House officials. They announced this publicly. Number six, intelligence officials reported last week that since the election, they are holding back, quote, good stuff from the White House because they fear Trump and his staff cannot keep intelligence secrets. Number seven, literal dictator Vladimir Putin legalizes domestic violence in Russia. Number eight, the DJ, Moby, posts five claims on Instagram that he says his friends in D.C. can confirm. According to Moby's friend, the dossier is real, Trump colluded with the Russian government, the administration is preparing for a war with Iran, the right is trying to depose of Trump, and intelligence agencies around the world are horrified and working on collecting information to get him impeached. Moby. Number nine. There's a homoerotic image of dictator Vladimir Putin shirtless, Riding a horse, making the rounds on the internet. Again. <sighs> well, we could probably keep going, but I think that's enough for right now. Over the last couple years, the political climate in the U.S. has become increasingly scary. People of color are under attack. Queer and trans people are under attack. Women's rights, you guessed it, they're under attack. The post-election vibe amongst young women is, this sucks. I want to help, but how? My name is Jill Gutowitz. And I'm Carmen Rios. We're bringing together your favorite stars with politicians, activists, and analysts to talk current issues, U.S. government, and activism. We're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wokeness. This is The The Bossy Bossy Show. Coming up, we're making postcards with Jeanette McCurdy. Plus, we're talking to journalist Andrea Chalupa about, you know, whatever the hell's happening with Russia. can and everything's leaking everything's dropping all these big revelations like week after week and it's just it's like watching like a slow motion american revolution where they're like trying to protect us from this really awful man and his horrible like entourage that was andrea chalupa andrea is a journalist and author who has covered trump and the russia scandal heavily so we decided to check in with her So a lot has happened with Russia. Um, You know, the story goes back even further before the election. 
Um, if you could even try to sum it up, in what ways are Trump's ties to Russia in imminent danger for us? Yes. So I think, you know, it all comes down to the tax returns, which is so key for us to get a hold of that, to understand just how deeply financially he's entangled with the Russians. Um, So what the danger, of course, is with a guy like Trump, he is, you know, somebody that inherited his wealth. He wasn't that great of a businessman. You know, he had serious issues, bankruptcies. And so, you know, it came to a point where no respectable institution in the U.S. would lend to him. So out of desperation, he had to turn to Russian money. So we know that. Um, His son, Donald Jr., has told us that they have a lot of Russian money in their businesses. So what this means is that with a guy like Donald, who's very much pay or play, um, he's, he's, you know, everything that he has going on with his personal resort, Mar-a-Lago, Florida, he's he's selecting um, an ambassador. Uh, an early founder of that resort to be, he's considering one of the founders of Mar-a-Lago to be one of his ambassadors. So this is a very much a pay or play president. Um, so if he's so deeply, uh, you know, up to his eyeballs in Russian money, you're going to see like an, like an open door policy with very influential Russian oligarchs, influential with, with the Kremlin, with Putin, you know, having an open door policy in the Oval Office. And there's going to be a lot of back scratching with some very nefarious Russian oligarchs. And that's dangerous, of course, because these guys, you know, don't have democracy in their system. They don't have even a free market. It's all it's all just like a mafia state in Russia. Yeah. And so when would you say the when was the last time a political scandal of this scale occurred in sort of American history or maybe even recent history? We don't have anything like this on the American record books. I mean, even Benedict Arnold, like Arnold seems extremely tame, obviously, compared to what we're up against now. It's very scary. What we're looking at is a very serious, high-level Russian infiltration of the White House. And I think it's, 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 it puts our intel agents um, at, at, at serious, in serious danger. Um, you know, Putin, the Kremlin, we saw them. We saw the Russians celebrating Trump's victory. We saw them, literally saw them busting out the champagne. They were so confident so cocky that they even announced officially right right after the election that they were in contact with Trump's ca- campaign through the election. That's how that's how excited they were about his victory. Um, it meant an end to Russian sanctions. You know, they, they thought, um, you know, Russia right now is has been hurt terribly economically by these sanctions put on put on Russia because of its invasion of Ukraine. And now the sanctions have been even deepened because of uh, the hacking of the election. Um, so on top of that, you have you have Russia having an oil-based economy, meaning their budget is set to the price of oil. It was set to a, to oil being a hundred dollars a barrel. Well, you know that's crippled the economy too because the price of oil has dropped. So they're getting hit left and right. And on top of that, they're just they're living off of their savings. They're pulling from their cash reserves. So they're 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 running out of cash. So they're in an absolute like economic crisis. So having like you know an honorary Russian oligarch in the form of Donald Trump as president. They're so thrilled now, and they think that, you know, this is their time. The sanctions will be lifted. Russia and the U.S. are going to rule the world together with this pro No, but it's just not going to happen. It's just as we're seeing now. What was your original question? Sorry, I could, like, I could literally go on and on. <laughs> There's tangents on this. No, I mean, that was, uh, you know, like the idea that something like this has literally never happened. Um, you know, never. we're a young country, <laughs> but we're not, we're not that young. Um, and so— 
what do you so you know we've already learned a lot right like we've learned that they had contact with Trump's campaign stuff we've obviously learned that people like Michael Flynn were directly in communication with them about some foreign policy stuff in inappropriate slash well just like bucking a lot of the things that we've done what do you think we're going to learn next that's a good question I think you know, just to sort of go back really quickly to have we ever dealt with this before as a country? And you know, this is extremely serious, what we're up against. Um, I just wanted remember now the, the original point I wanted to make, and it was, you know, with, with Donald Trump now being in the White House, I think the Kremlin didn't expect it to be this hard now. I think they expected a, a quick end to sanctions, and, and they wanted to really collect their prize. But the reality that the intel communities are pushing back, that leading Republicans are pushing back, um, the big danger that you have now is, I strongly believe, and what I've, what I've heard from sources in D.C., is that you're essentially having spy versus spy war between Russian agents and our agents trying to sort of, you know, fight for it. Fight it. It's just it's the work of the Russians to try to infiltrate our system here in the U.S. isn't over by any means. And they're still actively trying to, you know, weed out elements, surely, that are standing, standing in their way of... Um, sanctions being dropped. So I think it's, ex- it's extremely scary and uncertain time right now um, in the U.S. And we've never, ever, ever faced anything like this. And I think anybody who says that um, it's, a, it's an existential threat to our nation, it's absolutely correct. Um, so in terms of what will come out next, I think you have, because of the, the, the seriousness of this, um, you have a very sincere bipartisan effort in Congress, which is wonderful. Um, you have wonderful Republican senators like Susan Collins stepping up and saying, you know, if we need to subpoena Trump's tax returns in order to get to the bottom of this, we will do so. So I think um, we might finally get to see what's in those tax returns. I think we'll get to we'll get to see uh, the you know at least members of Congress will hopefully get um, access to the transcripts between Flynn and the Russian ambassador um, to see what was promised. Um, what, what kind of, you know, to, even to pick up from the transcripts, the nature of their relationship, like how familiar it was, whether this was a relationship that was wheeling, in the process of wheeling and dealing. Um, so I think those two should hopefully be on the horizon. Um, in terms of um, other things to look out for, what is quite disturbing, of course, uh, the British spy, Christopher Steele, he put together the dossier of, uh, you know, the whole web, the whole Russian web around Trump and how Putin's blackmailing Trump. Um, so what's interesting is that in his dossier, he describes this anonymously describes uh, the sources of his information. So he creates a profile of who was the source of certain pieces of information. So, for instance, he described one executive at the leading uh, uh, gas giant Rosneft, leading oil giant Rosneft. And this is you know, an executive that reports directly to the head of Rosneft. Well, a guy who fit that description was just found dead in the back of his car in Moscow. Um, you've had about a total of seven deaths, uh, a few arrests. We don't know what happened to two of the two out of the seven that were arrested. They could be dead. You had around seven deaths slash arrests coming out uh, since, you know, since uh, the election. Christ. Um, Very so chill that's and quite normal. disturbing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's sort of like, uh, yeah. So if you if you know, if you watch the movie Minority Report where you know where they were predicting like who was the steel dossier could very much be like who's going to end up with a heart attack next. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, the the Russian ambassador just died of a 
heart attack. My mom is like definitely like she's a real conspiracy theorist, but she thinks <laughs> it's involved. Well, you know, when there's a pattern, there's it's there's no longer. I think the conspiracy theorists are. You know, we were called people like journalists, like my like like Sarah Kenzior and and others. On we were called conspiracy theorists months and months and months ago, screaming about the Russia Trump stuff. Like people right. did not believe us or take it seriously. So you know, when a pattern starts forming. And you know the history of how a regime works. You know what their playbook is, and and it's it, it, it's very you know understandable to sort of die. a guy like Cherkin, the Russian ambassador who just died suddenly of a heart attack. Yeah, you know he fits the type of these guys who have been ending up dead. They tend to be um, diplomats who spent a lot of time abroad, which means they you know they. They got acclimated to a certain society that was more free and open, with an open and free press. They were surrounded by a lot of Westerners. They probably got too comfortable, and they, and they, they probably became soft and easy targets for guys like Christopher Steele and his associates to come in and hit them up for information. Yeah. So, you know, when you start looking at it that way. Um, it, it all starts to, you know, piece together. Yeah, I mean, like, what timing? The week that Michael right. Flynn gets <laughs> fired, basically— the Russian ambassador in the U.S. just dies suddenly of a heart attack at 65. It's crazy. What's even more disturbing is that these arrests and murders, or sorry, these arrests and these deaths happened um, before we knew publicly about the dossier. So before BuzzFeed even published Chris Steele's dossier, before we even knew it existed, uh, well, I mean, David Korn had a piece on it saying that there was a spy who collected intel, but that was like, you know, sort of lost in the whole stream of all these Russia-Trump stories coming out. Mm-hmm. But um, the point is, is that before we, we before BuzzFeed published it in full, um, you had arrests happening. You had these mysterious deaths happening. So you, so basically the Kremlin was already starting to clean house, which means that some, like likely somebody in, inside Trump's inner circle who was shown, you know, the, Trump was shown the dossier. So the intel community sh- like showed Trump and his people the dossier saying, look, the Kremlin did this on you. They have this on you. They, you know, they tried to sort of like wake him up. Um, and so the fact so we know for a fact that Trump and his inner circle had access to this dossier. The question is, did somebody or did people around him, did Trump, did they give the Russians access to this? And is that what allowed Putin to start cleaning house so early? In terms of like, what do you think the impact of these ties to Russia, the tangible impact will be? On our foreign policy, and I would say also, like, on our, just on our democracy, like, on our government, like, it sort of seems like these ties to Russia have already started to unravel the government a little bit. So what do you think the impact will be from here on out? Well, I think the danger is you never want to have your government infiltrated by a government that, you know, is not democratic by any means, you know, thinks it's okay to kill journalists and opposition leaders. Um, you know, has laws that decriminalize domestic violence that are very, you know, anti-LGBT laws. I think um, I think it's extremely frightening to have this, you know, the Russians coming in at by on any level with this, you know, Trump administration because what they could do is they could have, I don't know, from an extreme cases of they could have such influence that Trump starts enacting Putin's policies, you know, with like. There's been, plenty, you know, I, an editor at Politico who covered the rise of Putin wrote this great piece saying, I was there at the start of Putin and I'm seeing parallels with Trump. 
Um, so, you know, there it, it's sort of like that whole analogy of the frog in the pot of boiling water. You just suddenly have all these changes and these authoritarian safeguards growing, growing up around us that we become sort of acclimated. And when we when enough becomes enough and, and suddenly, you know, protests are being shut down with sweeping arrests and, and some of our leaders are ending up with heart attacks and, you know, press offices are being sued out of existence. So I think you have a real serious threat, worst case scenario of authoritarianism creeping in in the U.S. I think in terms of uh, foreign policy with this regime, I, I think, you know, Republicans in general have their heads in the clouds when it comes to fighting global warming and, and alternative energies. They're just completely, you know, horrible with that. They don't even believe in science for the most part. Like that's sort of like their party platform. And I think when you have such a Russia-friendly regime and you have Russia that's dependent on oil, you're going to have a lot of um, oil, you know, like friendly oil initiatives being passed. You're going to have um, U.S. fall behind and being a leader in, in, in green technology and energy. And I think that's a huge detriment to the entire planet. Oof. Well, that's crazy. We're yeah, it's shook. a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a lot. And I was like shook stressed hand. about how I was going to like pack it all in in like 10 minutes. Yeah. No, I know. Um, well, you did a good job. I mean, we also, we, you know, covered as much as we could. We're definitely have to do like another Russia episode. It's like, how do you cover it all? Russia, like, the one... sequel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sloppy that it's just a matter of time before like we find the smoking guns of collusion. Yes, I have been saying Trump this. The They're so bad at it. They're like way too defensive. <laughs> like yeah. it's like the election is over. It's been like months, and someone's like, "Hey, like, why did Michael Flynn talk to Russia?" They're like, "We won Wisconsin. You know, she didn't even go there. <laughs> she didn't even. <laughs> she didn't even and I'm like, what? Like, no one. Why are you?" This is so weird. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, like the dream. Well, I guess that's also just how Trump talks. But like a convincing argument is not like, I've never even met the guy. We've yeah. never spoken. I hardly know how to pronounce his name. Like, I don't even know if yeah. I saw a photo of him, if I would know who he was. <laughs> like, it's like, dude, we all know you know who Putin is. And you've like, like, yeah, it's like, he was like I've never spoken response. to him. And it was a week after his White House call. I was yeah. like, you literally <laughs> you have this is an actual lie. One thing that you guys should is so funny. I want one thing I wanted to point out just in general mm -hmm. is that every time you have a big event like the the Christopher Steele dossier dropping with this huge revelation that Trump you know supposedly loved golden showers and had <laughs> prostitutes you know mm -hmm. hired prostitutes that have golden showers you know so when, and when you have an event like that happen or like Churkin suddenly the ambassador the UN the Russian ambassador the UN suddenly dying um, you have this massive coordinated effort of Kremlin trolls online who are all, you know, posing as uh, Trump supporters, just completely activated to push a certain narrative. And it's so funny because with the news of Turkin, they came after us hardcore on Twitter. Like there was like this um, Kremlin media video that came out against me and Sarah Kenzior. Oh, my God. Quite funny. Yeah, wow, you really made <laughs> they it. love us. They love us. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so and like and like Sarah and I were saying we're like we haven't seen this level of coordination from, you know, Kremlin media attacks and Kremlin bot attacks since the Golden Showers dossier. Wow. And so that's just yeah, so you have to pay attention to the troll weather. The troll like weather. Hailing, yeah, and so oh my when God. you when it's when it's hailing trolls, they're trying to cover up something. Oh, yeah. My oh, my God. That's amazing. It's raining eggs.
We are here with Jeanette McCurdy. You know her from Nickelodeon or her Netflix series Between. She's also an incredible writer-director, amongst other things that I probably didn't mention right there because I'm a bad friend. <laughs> um, hi, Jeanette. Thank hey, you for Jill. being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. We wanted to talk to you about what are some issues. I mean, there are amongst the endless issues in Trump's America. <laughs> the endless today. stream of problems. If you could even pick a few things to be like, that sticks out to me as being crazy. Um, what are some issues that you care about right now? Uh, definitely anything to do with women's rights, because I'm kind of terrified for us, and I feel like we've the only thing we can do at this point is just band together and be as strong as we can. Right. Also, yeah, women shouldn't have rights, so that's... Oh, of course. I've right, yeah, we don't that, deserve those. Yeah, I've heard they're, like, not in the Constitution. <laughs> well, first of all, we're always here to, like, educate our guests about the Constitution, you know, like, the whole thing, so... I mean, so yeah. women's rights. For me, okay, so it's, speaking of educating, like, I want to be educated on all this stuff because I'm not well-versed in politics at all. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, as of recently, literally, uh, Trump was what made me go, like, okay, I, I have to start learning about this stuff. Because before it just right. seemed like, oh, it's just happening and it's all it's all going to yeah. work out and Obama, sweet. Yeah, cool. and then it was exactly. like, <gasps> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's like literally why we like decided to make this show is because we were like, oh. there's so many people now who I mean are I think, shook. Yeah, who are shook. Um, make America <laughs> shook again. You, who like basically over the past year and a half have been like watching the election, being like, this is out of control. Yeah. Why isn't anyone doing anything about this? And it's because no one was doing anything about it. So now we're doing things. Right. Yeah. I didn't even I like I didn't realize that there was a chance that Trump would win, and then right. watching that happen was sort of what made me uh, what. Shook me. Was yeah. it? Was it? Did chance? I use it right? Did I use was it? Chance? You shook right. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, yeah. I'm happy. When did, can I ask you guys a question? <laughs> like, yeah. When did you both get interested in politics? Well, Carmen's been working in all of this for a long it's time. It's true. Okay. For me, cool. it was. I mean, I think I've been like, I came out as gay like three ish years ago. That was awesome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. That was a great so thing. Much. Yeah. yeah. Jeanette knew me when yeah, I was I wasn't into it. Yeah. <laughs> I was really I was excited to see you embrace yourself and like come out as cool. Oh my God, thank you. I'm Aww. blushing. Um yeah, when I, I well we know each other because I worked at Nickelodeon when you were on Nickelodeon. Yeah. And I was straight <laughs> which was very funny. It's like all of my friends who I still talk to at Nickelodeon are like nobody I think knew or like knew what to say because it was a whole thing hmm. anyway so I mean were they the... surprised yeah oh I wouldn't relate to that <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, I no, came no. out really late in life at like 20 and I like literally just started having like a breakdown where I was like someone please just respond with shock and awe because <laughs> I'd be like huh. I'm gay and my friend would be like oh I'm so happy you're finally coming out or oh like God. their parents were like yeah, we're so happy for Carmen now. And I was like, no. Where did yeah. you grow up? New Jersey. Me Those too. were the reactions? Yeah. It, I don't mm. know. Every, okay. Yeah, it's fine. I guess <laughs> I'm not psychic. Like, whatever. Yeah. I also used to, like, dress a lot more femme, I think. I, don't, I mean, people had to know. Like, nobody likes the Spice Girls that much. <laughs> That I will die. That is, I will die with that on my. No tombstone. one watches the the oh video for Madonna's "Don't Tell Me" seven times a day on her phone. <laughs> okay, like no one else does that. If you're doing that, you're not alone. Right. So the short answer to that question that you asked 20 minutes ago was about three to five years ago when I was like, wait. 
gay people don't have rights. Huh. That's messed mm-hmm. up. And then two years later, I was like, I am a gay person <laughs> who doesn't have rights. It's Jeanette, <laughs> um, how have you been taking action on these issues? Uh, I actually wanted to ask you guys about that. Oh, oh. Yay! Uh, well. Yeah, I did. Because uh, I don't know how. I don't know what I can do, how I can help. I want to boss help. you around in this endeavor. Inform me. Wow, this is so interesting that you're bringing this up. <laughs> Isn't on it strange? Our show. I know. I just. Wow. Yeah. I am. Um, I, here's an idea. Luckily, we have an uh, Yeah. We have postcards that right. just happened to be in the studio today. What? Yeah, maybe what? we can all write what? postcards to what? our representatives Does about the issues fun? we care about. This sounds so fun. <laughs> also, um, these are really pretty postcards. Do do you guys agree that these are, these are pretty postcards? I'm into they're, these. They're these baby pink. That's why I printed them. And Super there's like cool. women in crop tops and pussy hats <laughs> and jumpsuits. It's like literally a bunch of images of me um, <laughs> on a baby pink background that someone else drew. Um, I got these on refinery29.com mm. and I shortened the link for everyone so that our listeners can download them too. Wow. And it's bit.ly slash pretty pretty postcards. I hate you so much. <laughs> what was the bit.ly from last week? Oh my god. Bit.ly.com oh. slash. Oh shit. Wasn't it like stop Gorsuch please but, but PLZ. Yeah. Yeah. Go to that um, link. I was thinking we could each write like a positive um, postcard yeah, and a negative one. It's important one. to do that. Like you know one we can thank one of our representatives or senators for doing something nice. And- or someone else. Right. And then another one like Sex Tillerson or so I don't know, somebody awful that we can write to. We could have you write to Betsy DeVos, who is the um scarecrow oh. woman. <laughs> sure, sure. I've heard about a little Yeah. Okay. Who just got <laughs> she, I'm sorry, what? She just got approved as the Secretary of Education. Barely, barely. Barely. It, it, I mean, it was it was a whole thing. But she, she has no hist- no background in it whatsoever, She right? has never, okay. basically has never, you know, honestly, I'm not going to say basically, it's probably true. She has never set foot in a public school. At one point during her hearing, she was all, you know, I feel like you guys keep trying to insinuate that I'm getting this job because I gave a lot of money to the Republican Party and like I'm 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 sick of hedging this like it's true I want a return on my investment and now I'm here. Yeah. You're kidding me. She's she also got the job. Yeah. Oh Although it was God. really close and Vice President Mike Pence had to break the vote. Yeah, it was the a tie 50/50 with a vote. Tie. And so she is now the S- Secretary of Education. What is Mike Pence all about? Because everybody's talk. Everybody talks about how he's like in Trump's ear, ruining everyone's lives. So what? Because he he's just bad. I mean, some he's, of the all only some of the only things that he accomplished as a <laughs> governor and a congressperson. Yeah, were passing a law in Indiana that like what required you to like have a funeral for your fetus, for your fetus. if you got an abortion. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I heard and, that from your guys' episode. And like <laughs> uh, and. Uh, He's all super anti-LGBT. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, religious, the right to discriminate oh against LGBT people for religious yeah. reasons in Indiana. That was one of his, you know, legacies there that he established for himself. Right. So, yeah, he, but other than that, he kind of accomplished nothing. All right. So let's write our postcards. I'm going to write a negative one to Jeff Sessions, who's the attorney general who just got a- approved. Um, Jeff never sexted. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff has never <laughs> sexted. Um and I'm going to write a positive letter to Nancy Pelosi. Why are you writing Jeff Sessions a negative? I mean, there are so many right. bobbing for apples. I'm, I'm writing to Jeff Sessions uh, to ask him to recuse himself 
Uh, from overseeing the Russian the Russia investigation because basically everything came out last week that the Trump administration colluded with the Russian government during the election and he was Alabama part of seems show. <laughs> and he was part of that the he Trump was part campaign, of campaign yeah right so it wouldn't make sense for him as the attorney general of the Department of Justice to oversee an investigation that there's obvious bias in then okay. i'm also going to send a surprisingly, like, startlingly, jarringly kind <laughs> postcard to John McCain, who um, I'm just going to thank him for coming out, swinging, leading the charge for a Russian probe that's a probe. <laughs> probe. Well, because also he's a, a probe Republican. into what happened. Yeah, like, he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. So he it's good ran that for president with Sarah Palin, which we thought was the craziest thing we'd ever seen oh happen in a remember? presidential election. She could see Russia from her house. I think that's when they started <laughs> building a friendship. Yeah. Do you remember, like, when we just thought that Sarah Palin was stupid and that was, like, the craziest thing to happen to America? <laughs> We yeah. have so many problems now. Yeah. All right, let's And write so these. I'm writing a letter to him. Well, I guess a postcard. I'm starting mine off. Dear most successful Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Yes. Nancy, fuck me up, Queen. Fuck me up, Nancy. <laughs> fuck me up, Nancy. Dear Mitch. <laughs> also, like, we're, we obviously are not going to read the addresses out loud of these people that we are sending <laughs> postcards to. But if folks at home want to send postcards. Literally, just go to your representative's website. All of their office addresses are listed there. And for, like, Betsy, you would send mail to the Department of Education. So, okay, here's my, like, I guess, bit or more microscopic question. But, like, right. what 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 does it do if I, if I write her a letter and she's this crazy billionaire woman yes. who is, like, just a billionaire? Why does she care? Okay, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, obviously I think we live in a time where partisanship and ideology are like really becoming way more central to our political process than like uh, the actual health and well-being of our nation or what people want, right? So Mm -hmm. basically Donald Trump eked out an electoral college victory in quite possibly an illegal manner and is now the president, even though he lost the popular vote, right, by like three million votes. So I always feel like Donald Trump's agenda has no mandate. Like, a majority of Americans who voted, and presumably also a majority of Americans, don't want these things to happen. Like, a majority of Americans don't want the ACA repealed, and definitely, I would say, a majority of Americans do not think that we should get rid of public schools, (laughs) considering how many people have gone and will go and will send their children to public schools. Right. Um, So... At the crux of it, even though it seems often like people would rather, I don't know, fall in line with a party that's become a speaker box for Nazis and Klan sympathizers (laughs) than stand up for our country. At the end of the day, these people are public servants, right? So if they get an overwhelming response... At a certain point, it just becomes tacky for them not to listen to what people want. Oh, that's Um, interesting. That's okay. So, like, it does work. Um, The labor nominee for the labor department to lead the labor department was, like, twisted and terrible. And he withdrew because of public pressure. Betsy DeVos actually almost didn't get confirmed because two Republicans, women, vote for women, two 
Republicans who were women voted against her. And yeah. that's why there was a tie. So basically, if one more Republican had been swayed by public opinion, she would not be the Department of oh, Education. Oh, I heard about that, too. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, at a certain point, if it's an overwhelming amount of people, I feel like they have to listen, right? right. That's how democracy is supposed to work. Right. And sometimes so on, it doesn't. On another episode, we did, like, the whole call your representatives <laughs> thing. I tried to call Speaker we, of the House Paul Ryan. Who did not answer. Yeah. But... In theory, when you call and you get through, like last time I did it, they were like, it was. it's just like a staffer who works there. And they'll okay. be like, thank you so much for calling. You are the 48th person today to call about this issue. And so, like, for me, that was kind of cool to hear to be like. Oh, that's, I was like, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Because yeah. it's sometimes you call and you feel like you're like, this is dumb. Is this even going to do anything? And then you're like, yeah. oh, well, if people are calling and sending emails or sending postcards in mass volumes, it does actually speak for the people. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, so see, it's not hopeless. See? Yeah, it's, it's effective. not hopeless. Strength in numbers. But the best part about sending a postcard instead of like calling your rep is like there's no return address. I'm signing it Lil C. Like they're not. <laughs> <laughs> like they're. They are never gonna oh, know God. who sent this you. motherfucker in the mail. <laughs> They're just going to be like, wow, this was savage. I'm sorry, like, just for everyone who cannot see that I wrote this like a serial killer. It says, dear John McCain, in all lowercase, then it says, I'm concerned about Russia, all uppercase, and then here's why. And for some reason, I wrote in slanted huge letters, why not? Question mark, exclamation mark. (laughs) Oh, my God. Signed? Lil C. Lil C, right. Okay, so I just wrote my letter to uh, Nancy Pelosi. Dear most successful speaker of the House of all time, Nancy Pelosi, (laughs) I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I'm here to thank you for leading a firestorm against the Republican Party and stubbornly making sure the Russia scandal got the attention it deserved and a thorough investigation. You're a queen. WCW every day. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy AF. Follow me on Twitter at Jill Oh my God. Okay, so I have I love this. I have I have this extra postcard because I printed three pages, but Jill only wanted us to do two postcards each. I want to send one to Nancy Pelosi that just says, I'm concerned about how much you fuck me up. <laughs> Here's why. We're not gonna be able to send any of these postcards. <laughs> okay, so um I expected myself to write a um better postcard to Attorney General Jeff Sessions, um, but here's what I came up with. This is just like, I hate you and you're <laughs> Dear Attorney General Jeff Sessions, I'm part of the Women's March movement. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I'm here to say lock yourself up. <laughs> Jill. Lock us up! Oh my god. So, um, add this to the pile I of postcards send... we should Amazing. No, we're sending it. Yeah. <laughs> just don't why just don't be signing them with your full name. Oh right. I keep signing them at Jillboard, my Twitter handle. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, what did you write to Betsy? I said, um, Dear Betsy DeVos, I'm part of the Women's March Movement. I'm from oh I didn't answer that. <laughs> I'm concerned about <laughs> education. Here's why I think dismantling the public education system is unethical. This is coming from a proud homeschooler. I have friends who went to public school though, so I know. <laughs> Sincerely, not a billionaire. <laughs> oh, amazing. Wow, yeah. that was really good. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm working on a variation of my postcard to Nancy Pelosi. I decided instead, dear women in Congress, part of the Women's March Movement. 
I'm from California, New Jersey, DC, and I'm concerned about how much you fuck me up. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to send these postcards. Here's why nothing compares number two letter U. <laughs> Sincerely, Lil C. Stop my rap signing name. these Lil C. <laughs> Look. Wait. Did you write your second one, Jeanette? I did. Okay. What'd you say um, to our girl? Com- Dear Kamala Harris, I'm happy about how badass you are. Here's why. I hear great things. You got good buzz, girl. <laughs> Sincerely. <laughs> J-Mac. It's all about that word of mouth. J-Mac. What, everyone has these like alternate rapper names. That's because we're not trying yeah. to get Republicans to follow us on Twitter, Jill. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> me either. You're right. I'm going to cross this out. <laughs> Is that, did we read all of our postcards? Did we? I, I wrote two that were not great. Jeanette, do you feel like you learned anything here? I you're did. Like a lobbyist? I, I, I learned a few names, and I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna Google some names. I've got some research to do, but I'm excited to to get more involved. Yay, we Yay. did it. Yeah. And we're gonna send more postcards. And that they're are, so fun and pretty. They're really pretty. That's why it's bit.ly slash pretty pretty postcards. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, okay, Jeanette, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this, this is so fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Might I say wild. You it was could, wild. Yeah, you could say that. I'm going to softly agree with that. Wow. Softly. <laughs> Whoa. I think it was semi-wild. It's like things just got really calm in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all for this episode of The Bossy Show. Make sure to tune in next week. Want to get involved? Here's something you can do right now to make a difference. Call your representatives and demand a full investigation into the Trump administration's ties with Russia. This includes calling for a release of Donald Trump's tax returns, urging the declassification of the report on Russia's interference in the election, and encouraging your congresspeople to spill the tea about which parts of that dossier are true. Follow at The Bossy Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr for pics from inside the show and more. Special thanks to Jeanette McCurdy and Andrea Chalupa for being on our show. The Bossy Show is recorded at Sonic Pool Post Productions in Hollywood. Music by Johnny Franco and audio engineering by Drew Frost. See you next time. Jill, they can't see us.